Hey guys, welcome to Thick, Strong, and Awkward with John Stacy. First of all, uh, I'd like to take a minute and acknowledge the loss in the strongman community early this week. Ricky Diagracias and uh, Matt Harper, both strongman competitors out of Texas, passed away Sunday and Monday, I believe. I only briefly met Ricky, uh, but he was certainly, without a doubt, everything we look for in a uh, competitor and promoter in the strength community. He was just a really cool dude. Uh, I never knew Matt, unfortunately, but everything I've seen posted about him clearly says the same. So if you're able to reach out to the Texas Strongman Facebook page, you can see how you might be able to assist their families in this stressful and just extremely sad time. Thank you. Today, I got to speak with pro strongman Tommy Sharp. Tommy took second place at the first Clash on the Coast this year and aims to take the title from Camby in 2022. Along with competing at America's Strongest Man soon, he recently promoted the first regional qualifier in the Super Series Clash at the Corral in Waco, Texas. He's one hell of an athlete and has proven he can throw one hell of an event, so let's see how he is at podcasting. Here we go. You get some good footage from the show? Oh, yeah, dude. I got great footage. It's awesome. It's uh, a lot to comb through. I got like 30 hours of shit to work through. Good Lord. Yeah, yeah. So my whole desktop right now is just various clips that I'm combing through trying to find good stuff that's uh, worth putting on there. Yeah. Yeah. How uh, how you been? You feeling good? Getting ready for ASM? Yeah, we're getting there. 243 this morning, so just a couple more pounds. There you go. What is it? Oh, two, week, two weeks out? No, we got like nine days. Holy shit. Yeah. That's coming up fast. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing good, though. I mean, still drinking two and a half gallons of water a day and still at 243, so wake it'll be easy. I haven't even water loaded yet. Oh, wow. Yeah. That'll, yeah. Be, that'll be cake for you, then. Hell yeah. You've cut down from like 270 before, right? Yeah, this one I started at 267. Oh, okay. So you were up there. Yeah, I usually start, I walk around like 265, 267. Okay. How tall are you? Six two. Okay, yeah, you're on the taller side for strong man. Yeah. For one oh fives anyway. Yeah, it's not bad. I mean, I still got abs at two sixty five, but I'm still fluffy, you know. Right. Yeah. So not, it's not not bad. Not Mike O'Connor status shredded walking on a bodybuilding platform. No, <laughs> <laughs> no that dude stays shredded. Yeah, no doubt. What uh how you feeling going to ASM with events? You feel good? Dude, every event's good except deadlift, but Deadlifts have gotten better, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, and it's a max out deadlift, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which be is, is better. I mean, I suck at all of it, but at least with that, maybe I can be mid-pack instead of bottom. Right. Yeah, that's the rest always, of the stuff I'm, I'm good with. Yeah, it's always a battle to uh, keep up on deadlift with some of those guys. Oh, shit, I know. Like fucking Frank pulling 805 for a double. Yeah. I will never be there. Yeah. Yeah, what, uh, uh, what's the best you've ever pulled? 735 with a suit. Okay. Yeah, it's bad. Yeah. Are you allowed to wear a suit at ASM? I don't think so, right? No. Okay. No, that was, when I did that, that was for OSG mm-hmm. back in 19. Wow. So I've, I've gotten a lot better. I pulled 665 for four the other day. Okay. Which should put me around 725, 740 maybe. I think, because deadlift, that's day two, right? Or is it a one day event? One day. Oh, okay. How? Where's deadlift in the the lineup? 
Probably halfway. Okay. So, I mean, people will I be don't fatigued. Know. It's, since it's a max, maybe it, I bet it's going to go log and then deadlift. That would make sense. It yeah. would have to. And mm-hmm. then, then you've got the moving events. So, there'll be fingers, sandbag medley, which is probably going to be last like it was last year. Yeah. And then we got Husafelt and Max Sandbag Toss. Okay. How are you feeling on sandbag? That's one that probably fits your leverages pretty well. Yeah, I threw 70 to 15 and a half feet yesterday. Holy shit. Yeah. I'm, I'm decent with it, but mm-hmm. James, that motherfucker there. Yeah. That dude can throw a sandbag. Yeah, he's a he's such a technical guy on all the lifts that he's going to find any way to find an advantage on that. Oh, yeah. And then Johnny's really good, and then Frank trains with Johnny, so I imagine Frank will be decent with it. Yeah, I talked to Frank yesterday, actually. He said he's been training the hell out of sandbags after uh, Nationals last year. It kind of bit him in the ass, so. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be close on all of us, but at least it's one bag for max weight. Yeah. Uh, last year was four bags, and James was the only one who got all four. Yeah, I was there for that. I remember Gary broke his ass on it. <laughs> yeah. So, no, and, and then the sandbag medley, I mean, I always do get on that, so I should be able to make some points up there. Mm-hmm. You got that wingspan to pick up those bigger bags. A lot of people don't have that. Yeah. Yeah, I know, like, uh, Tyler's going to do really good on the press and the deadlift, so he'll make points up on me there. Mm-hmm. But I think I'll catch him on the on the medley just because the bags are so damn big. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, that, he can move, but picking him up, there's just not much for him to, <laughs> to do, you know? Yeah, that's a, that's a tough one for him. Somebody with his dimensions is going to struggle a little bit there. Yeah. And then, I mean, we got some some new guys like Matthew Moeller. That guy beat me at nationals. Okay. Uh, but I haven't seen him since then either. How long you ago know, was that? You won your pro card at nationals, right? Seventeen. Oh wow! Okay, I didn't realize you were yeah, pro that long. Yeah, he competed at ASM that year. Matthew did, and then I've never seen him again since then. Okay. So. But at Nationals, he came out of the woodworks. I mean, nobody knew who he was, no social media, no way to get a hold of him, nothing. Gotcha. He shows up and kicks everybody's ass. So he could definitely do that here, too. Yeah, strongman's one of those weird uh, sports where that happens all too often, man. People just show up out of nowhere. Right. And then you got, like, you know, Jeff Dibbs coming back in the game. Mm-hmm. He could he could show up and do pretty good, too. Yeah, there's a lot of people this year, now that they showed up with the uh, the money, a lot of people coming out of nowhere actually competing. Which is crazy because the people that usually compete when there is no money aren't here. Yeah. Yeah, they're all focused on Just, other things or they're hurt. Yeah. That's all right. Yeah. How you feeling? You got any injuries that are bothering you? Uh, no. I mean, nothing besides the normal stuff. Yeah. Yeah, all the basic But I don't like to make excuses before we start anyway. Absolutely. No, I get that. I'll tell you about them. If, if we do an interview after the show, I'll tell you about them. <laughs> all right. Fair enough. I like That's that. Nobody's, nobody's business until we get there. There you go. Yeah, you don't want anybody uh, exploiting you on any of those. No, and I, I can't stand the guys that, you know, uh, we're a week out and I've got these little injuries. I'm not going 100%, but I'm still going like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Like, I don't want to hear it. You're already making excuses why you're going to lose. Yeah. Yeah, this should, be, this should be the furthest thing from your mind a week out going into a comp. Right. Yeah, no, I respect that. Nobody's I, ever 100%. Right. Yeah. <laughs> How are you feeling after uh, Waco? You could put on one hell of a show down there. I feel really good about the show. Uh, everything we did was kick-ass. Mm-hmm. Production was kick-ass. I wish more people would have showed up to watch it, but there's nothing you can do about that. Yeah, that's a struggle with Strongman in general, I think. 
Yeah, but I mean, the show itself couldn't have gone better. No, not at all. And I think that was, I want to say, the best show that I've ever been to. Yeah. I mean, the way it looked on camera, how fast it was set up between each event, even the sandbags. If you go back and look on the, the live stream, every event was less than 30 seconds, and the sandbags were less than 45 seconds set up. That's pretty damn impressive. Yeah, I was thinking about that as I was going through footage uh, a couple days ago, getting it all uploaded on my computer. I have the entire Stone event on one 17-minute clip. Yeah. Every single person. (laughs) Yeah. It's impressive. I mean, it doesn't matter if there was, you know, we had nine, but it didn't matter if there was 19. Right. Every setup would have been the exact same time. Mm Mm-hmm. But I had one hell of a crew here to run that thing, too. Yeah. We've been working together for years, and they know. I don't even have to tell them. They just know what to do. And as you can see, they, they knew what the hell they were doing. Yeah, it was impressive, man. There was nobody asking questions or anything. People were just on top of their shit, putting stuff where it needed to be. It was, I mean, like you said, it was one of the best shows I've ever been to, if not the best show I've ever watched as far as running. Yeah. Uh, how'd, you, uh, how'd you come across the sponsors you had for that? Are they just people that you knew? or? Uh, so Aaron and Austin with the Roof Company – they're both really good friends of mine from way back in grade school. And uh, they opened up a business and saw that I was doing well. And even if I wasn't doing well, they wanted to support strongman. They want to support local people. Like they've got, like they do all types of sponsorship. Doesn't matter if you're in a sport or you're on a fishing team or FFA, they want to be part of the community. Okay. Like that's what they're about, helping the community. And that's what's really cool about them. And then all the other sponsors we got were people that I knew or, People that we reached out to, we went by with flyers, and I mean, we just a lot of damn legwork. Yeah, I mean, you saw how many flyers or banners were there. Oh yeah, that's not an easy task to get that many sponsors. No, it was impressive. I, I mean, I had plenty of stuff to cover there as far as just trying to get names and make sure I uh, zeroed in on quite a few people's like companies and everything. You had yeah. a lot going on there, man. It was impressive. I, I mean, even pro level shows that I've been to, like ASM last year and various other ones, there's not that much. Um, I guess, investment from the community, the actual yeah. community where the town that, you know, wherever it's going. So that was, that was awesome. See that, that was the easy part getting the, the local people because yeah. Austin and Heron are so well known. Mm-hmm. I've made a name for myself. Uh, a lot of the companies just know us and wanted to be part of it. Didn't matter. Didn't matter if I was selling Barbie dolls, they were going to be here to support us. It didn't matter. Yeah. The hard part was the big people, the big names, the big supplement companies or, or dealerships, or any, I mean, any big name, corporate stuff, they want nothing to do with it. Yeah. It's the little guys that make this stuff happen. It's the little guys that still have that sense of community, man. Those big guys yeah. forget. Oh, exactly. They've already been there, done that. They've moved past it. Yeah. I was surprised you had uh, SBD and Cerberus there. So, I, originally Cerberus, they donated all the bags mm-hmm. to every show, which is kick-ass. Yeah. And I get to keep them, which is even better. <laughs> so now I've go. got some bags to train with. Yeah. But I contacted them first and said, hey, do y'all set up a booth? Is there anything that I can set up if you don't set up a booth? They said, no, we don't do that. And I said, okay, I'm contacting SBD. Uh, and the girl that deadlifted, so, you know, Monica, mm-hmm. I guess the guy that was with her is the one who had the SBD booth. So they oh. were coming anyways. Okay. And I said, hey, man, if you want to set a booth up, let's go for it. And he's like, I'm down. So, But I, I asked Cerberus first, and they, they said they don't do that. Gotcha. Because I was trying to be exclusive. Like, we were supposed to have Bang Energy drinks here. Well, 
Bang is all about promoting themselves and not giving any money to the show. Yeah. So they said, are we exclusive? I said, you're only exclusive if you pay for a sponsorship package like every other person on those banners did. It's not fair to have all them pay money and you show up for free and, and donate stuff. Like, that doesn't work. Right. And uh, once I told them that, they didn't want nothing to do with it. But I tried to have just Bang. I didn't want to have Bang and Rain and Celsius and then, you know, C4. Yeah. I try to be supportive of one company. And I understand it's a business at the end of the day, but if you're helping me, I want to help you. Yeah. Like I, I don't want to have 15 different, I don't want a total nutrition, a GNC, a five-star, a freedom. I don't want all those nutrition brands there. I, I just want to support one. Mm-hmm. Now that takes money out of my pocket at the end of the day, but I'd rather help them. Yeah. And that's what it's all about. Cause they'll come back next year, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And then you want to promote and help the companies like Cerberus that are, giving and helping with the actual community you know giving you the bags for the events and letting you keep them yep. and everything you know what i mean you want to promote that so exactly yeah definitely i get that i mean it comes full circle you know yeah so that's awesome uh what moving forward are you getting ready for i know you got asm but are you going to do osg or any other events coming up no we try to make osg work but that's way too expensive there was yeah there was no way uh and it, uh, that's not anybody's fault. I just feel like they missed it by a weekend. They did, yeah. There's that whole rock festival or whatever going on, man. And everything went crazy on hotel pricing. Yeah. Uh, once again, they, they had to fit it in. I understand scheduling is scheduling. That's the way it goes. But I, I unfortunately, I don't have that many sponsors to pay for my stuff. And even if I did, I'd feel bad for asking them. Yeah. I mean, that, that's just one expensive trip. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, it's a hell of a show, but to do ASM. And do that one and then prep for the class next year. My goal is set on winning the class next year. Yeah. The rest of the shows are just, I mean, ASM, I'm going for the prize money and because it's two and a half hours from my house. Other than that, I don't think I'd be going. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I keep forgetting it's in San Antonio. So that's a quick drive for you. Yeah, it ain't bad. Yeah. What, uh, you got Clash coming up. Are you planning on doing any of the quals just to take some money or anything? No. So we've, we've all talked about that. You know, Furman made a post a while back like, hey, 105's got a chance to make a bunch of money. You can run around and do all these qualifiers and you can make 12 grand. Yeah. And I thought about it, but I don't want to risk injury for one. And then two, I don't want to be a douchebag either. Like I've already qualified. There's no need to go take somebody else's spot. Yeah. The money would be nice, but by the time you pay for travel and hotel, you're only making half of it back. Very true. And that just, it just makes you look like shit. I, I feel like personally, if you go around and, I mean, you're out there trying to show off and showboat, and that's when you're going to get hurt. So mm-hmm. it's better just to leave it alone. I got too much other stuff to worry about. Yeah. I think that seems to be the consensus with all the guys that uh, hit top 11 last year is that it seems like there's a couple of them signed up for records, obviously, like Camby and Tyler and yeah. what have you. But none of them are really out there trying to steal anybody's money or anything, you know? No, and I want more people there next year. I don't want to go take somebody's spot. Yeah, agreed. The more people, the more points you can play with. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it changes things a lot when there's not, you know, you know, eight, nine people there. Right. Yeah. It's uh, shaping up right now between what you got three people per qualifier minimum. So that's, Correct. that's 12. Then you got the 11 from last year. So that's 23. And then he said 15 international invites. Yep. So there might be 38 people at Clash. Which is fine because yeah. I had six in my heat. Where other guys only had five and four. Yeah, that was a strange setup when people were dropping out. Yeah, that that was like day of we got to make this thing work. Yeah, and, you know we thought we thought oh we got a guy added to our heat that's kick ass we got another point to play with, 
And then it's fucking Michael Cobden who shows up and just demolishes people. Mm -hmm. So that really sucked. Actually, it didn't help us any. Yeah. But I I do feel like having six in every heat is going to work a lot better, even seven. So makes it more fun that way. Yeah, speaking of Congdon, I mean, he won fucking Waco out of nowhere. Honestly, he's kind of a dark horse. Like, everybody knows what he's capable of, but it's whether or not he shows up, you know, and ready to go. And he dominated. It was impressive as hell watching him. He had a point to make. Oh, yeah, for sure. (laughs) There was a few of those guys. I mean, Justin had a point to make, too, after not making uh, the finals last year and being kind of a favorite to get in there and missing it. Right. So he took third. And then Bob, who came out of nowhere, basically out of retirement, it seems like. Yeah, he's been doing good coming back from all those injuries. Yeah, it was it was awesome. I don't think you could ask for a better uh, turnout for Waco, honestly. As many people dropped out, I think it went without a fucking hitch with some quality talent. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was definitely fun to watch. And, you know, putting the show on, you don't get to see everything. So yeah. it was nice to go back and watch the live stream and get to see it and all the commentating and all that stuff. It, it went really smooth. I was happy with mm-hmm. it. Yeah, that ADL Pro or ADL Live, I think it's ADL Live, yeah. what they call themselves. That company, man, they prove themselves like they are the people to call. Right. That was, that yeah, was awesome. Yeah, I got them in the door, and, and now they're going to do everything. So Yeah, yeah, that's great. Same with, same with Jared at, you know, Depth for Dishonor. Mm-hmm. I got him in the door to make my shirts, and once they saw them, they're like, dude, let's make a package deal for everything. Yeah. So that's two people I, you know, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm loyal to these people. You treat me right, I'm going to treat you right. Yeah, that's amazing. So, they helped us, and now they get all the all the qualifiers and the big one. Yeah, Anthony said that you came to him with the idea of putting on a qualifier. What made you decide to uh, reach out and do that? So here in Texas, we have a lot of problem hosting big name shows. Uh, every weekend, there's a USS show somewhere, uh-huh. and you'll get ninety people to sign up for these fucking shows, which is unheard of. Uh, for the longest time, the last couple of years, me and Jake Fincher, you know, the, the judge that was there, yep. we've, we've tried to put money up, 1500 bucks first place. We can't get 20 people to sign up because we're not going to, you know, we're not going to put a show on that's not national level. Yeah, I don't want you to qualify for my show repping a 500-pound deadlift as a super heavyweight to go to nationals and have to rep 650 or 700. Yeah. That does you no good. It makes me look like shit, and I'm not out there to take your money. Mm-hmm. Uh Yes, it's a business at the end of the day, but I also want to make myself look good. And I'm not going to, you know, suck up some pride just to go make a dollar. Yeah. So when Anthony talked about these big shows, I said, hey, my first initial idea was to do a pro-am. And he's like, dude, that ain't going to happen. Uh, They're done with pro-ams. But if there's something else you want to do, so I thought about it. And I said, hey, if y'all do qualifiers, I said, I I would love to host one here in Waco. And, uh logistics worked out we've got airports in dallas austin houston we've got a local airport here in waco everything about it was right and uh i think he called me on a wednesday like lunchtime we talked about it he said you sure you want to do it i said yeah thursday morning like eight o'clock not even 24 hours later he said it's yours make it happen yeah i said i said when do you want to do this he goes well uh you've got 11 weeks and i said let's go so within 11 weeks, we, we did exactly what you'd watched. I mean, it wasn't easy by any means. It, I mean, it didn't look like something easy to pull together. I've, I've been close. Like, I'm from Fairbanks, Alaska. The strongman community there is small, as you can imagine. So I've, yep. been, I've been around some tight-knit groups putting on, like, local-level comps. I saw what you pulled off, and, I mean, that was nothing short of amazing, honestly. Especially yeah, like, now knowing that time span you had. That's... Impressive. It was fast. Yeah. 
But as you know, you know, Anthony and TJ, they don't take their time on nothing. No. I mean, they're riding a wave and yep. it's happening. Oh, yeah. And I, I wanted to be a part of it. I said, shit, let's go. Yeah. You know, and that's what it's going to take. People, people wanting to jump in and help. Mm-hmm. If you've got to ask them, it ain't going to happen. Right. They need to come to you with the ideas because those are the ones that are going to help push it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I reached out to Anthony with my idea that I came up with in the middle of the night, like months ago. And <laughs> yep. he was excited on the phone. And all of a sudden I had TJ's email and we were going back and forth and yep. just turning That's into, exactly how this started. Yeah. No, it's awesome. And they, I mean, they, they're all about the enthusiasm and the passion for the sport, right? Correct. And that's what's been yeah. going so well too. I think that's what ADL does and provides as well. Like, oh yeah, that guy, man, he is passionate about strongman. He loves this shit just as much as we do. Oh, he loves, he's all yeah. about it. Yeah, it's awesome. all about supporting us. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, we're, like I said, it's all a business. We're out to make money, but damn, even if we don't, we're still just as happy. Yeah. If we can provide for the athletes and do stuff like that, I mean, like, like here in Waco, this, the convention center told me I couldn't sell food without giving them a bunch of money. I said, you know what the hell with y'all? So I went out and bought food for everybody. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't give a shit that came into my pocket. I wanted to provide for the athletes. It's about y'all, you know. It's about the guys putting on the best. Like, I wanted to get them a cheap hotel room. I wanted to, you know, make sure everything was close, make sure they were around restaurants, make sure everything was provided, IV services, all that stuff. Because as a competitor, I expect that when I go somewhere. Oh, yeah. So even if it costs me money at the end of the day, I want them to be provide, you know, do the best they can do on stage, make, you know, hit big lifts, set PRs, put a damn show on. Cause that's, what's going to sell next year. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you provided for the athletes better than a lot of pro level shows do. And this isn't even a pro level event. This is, I mean, a qualifier to an event that's also not a pro level event, right? Right. Pro pro athlete gets tossed around very loosely in strongman. It's it's wild. It does, and you know people have always said, "Well, pro doesn't mean anything at the end of the day," and it it, it is a yes and no situation because as you look at the finals at the clash, you know there was four pros. It was me, Richie, and Camby, and then you had Isaac, and so there's four pros there. Mm-hmm. And yes, there were pros who didn't make it to the finals, yeah. but then you look at the podium. And it was three pros. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're right. So, so it's got to mean something. Mm-hmm. But as a qualifier, me being a pro and, and say whoever not being a pro, it don't make a damn when it comes to competing. Yeah. Anybody can beat anybody. I don't give a shit what your damn three letters after your name are. Yeah. That don't mean nothing, you know. Mm-hmm. So that, that's what's so cool about this deal. The whole class super series, stuff like that. It is literally the best of the best. And you're not excluded for not being a pro. That's what's yeah. so kick-ass about it. Yeah, no, I agree. Like, like, it doesn't matter who you are. You come out, like I said, the woodworks, and you can show up. You can train in your garage and decide one day you want to do strongman, and you can show up and dominate. Mm-hmm. That, that's what I think is so cool. Yeah, I agree. I think I think the pro title should mean a little bit more than it necessarily does in conversation in strongman because really, like you said, I mean, it doesn't mean much when you're just talking, right? But uh, Clash proved that, like you said, pros took the podium. So it means something there. Uh, But there were also pros that didn't even make the online qualifier last year and a bunch of amateurs that did. It was was impressive to watch the numbers that turned out for that. And and then, I mean, now we got ASM this year that's inviting amateurs that did the qualifier like Tyler, uh, Frankie, and who's the Bromley? You know, yep. who are coming in to shake numbers up and prove oh, that yeah. like, they deserve their spot. And it's 
it's wild. I, I really dig that they're letting people in like that. Yeah, but at the same time, yes, they had to qualify, and the qualifier was very heavy. Mm-hmm. But every pro that is there has had to work their way through this through the ranks to get where we are. True. So it's not a slap in the face, but at the same time, we we have proved ourselves and done the work to get where we're at. So to only have to do one qualifier to get there instead of competing at an amateur show and flying to nationals and competing against 75 guys, you had to compete against the five or 50 or whoever did the qualifier. And like I said, there's nothing wrong with that. But to base your, I guess, your entry off of two lifts Mm. versus an entire competition with a weight cut, that doesn't seem as fair to me. That's true, too. Now, okay. I'm, not, I'm not taking away anything from Tyler and Frank because they – I'm, I'm telling you, I'm scared of them some bitches when it comes showtime because yeah. they're both amazing athletes. Yeah. But to do the weight cut and do five or six events at a show, that's what I feel needs to be done to get to where we're at because we've all done that already. Okay, yeah, I agree. So it's, it's almost it's – almost, jumping halfway through the alphabet to get to the end, you could just skip a couple steps to make it to the to the prize money, which I don't feel is fair. Okay, I get that. How how would you say moving forward with Clash? Because I know I you know he hasn't announced it yet. Um my guess with what Anthony wants to do moving forward for Clash is that everybody qualifies. I know he's already said that part. Yeah. And nobody gets a re invite, right? Uh, but it sounds like it's going to maybe move away from uh, you have to qualify for regionals via some online stuff maybe? So the online thing I feel like was more international because they okay. that's that's got to be there. Otherwise, yeah, I'm not flying to Iceland to compete. Like, yeah. It ain't going to happen for a qualifier. Right. So to me, that's fair. Not unless it's the money fair. gets... Right. Yeah. <laughs> but I feel like the qualifier needs to be more than a, an axle press and a deadlift again. I, I feel like it almost almost needs to be a three or four lift thing. Okay. Uh, but I, I really do like the idea of everybody having to, to do it again. Yeah. Uh, that It keeps it fair. Yeah. And it makes everybody work harder. Mm-hmm. I mean, like Anthony's always said, you look at the CrossFit games, you got Rich Fronin and Matt Frazier, you know, four or five time winners. Every year they've still had to qualify. And Absolutely. Bad asses, you know. So I, I'm not opposed to that at all. Yeah. And now, you, would I love this just to win and walk in? Hell yeah, but that ain't that ain't real life. Yeah. And, I mean, Strongman, as much as a lot of people hate to compare it to CrossFit, that is the closest thing sport-wise you can compare it to on the grand, like, big level, right? As far as it's different events, different uh, body types excel at different things. Um, you're just heavier basically Oh yeah, is what it comes down to. So yeah, I mean, I think that that's a good way to do it. Cause the top people still come out on top, no matter what you're throwing at them. And that's right. what it was proven in CrossFit with Matt Frazier won five years in a row, uh, was Froning won four years in a row. Tia won five years in a row. You know what I mean? Yep. They all continued to come up on top no matter what. And won their like national shit to qualify for the shows every year as well. Like they exactly. weren't just barely qualifying. <laughs> Oh, I know. So, yeah, I mean, it's you funny. Should... It's funny you mentioned body types because the day of day of weigh-ins at the class, you got thirty guys standing in there, all standing there to get on the scale, and you could line us all up on a wall and take a picture, and <laughs> nobody looks the same. No, not you at all. You got guys that are still fluffy and have no abs. 
and you got guys that are shredded, ready to step on bodybuilding stage. Yeah. And it's, it's crazy how people do their weight cuts, how mm-hmm. we prep for this, how we diet for it. That's what people don't understand. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we're, we're nine days out, ten days away. I've got people asking if I want to go eat dinner tonight. I'm like, I can't. They're like, you can't just come eat one meal. I said, y'all don't understand. I mean, this has been a 32-pound weight cut. One meal fucks this whole thing up. Like, oh, yeah. There's a system to this. There's a method to it. Until you do it, you can't comprehend how hard it is. Absolutely. It, and even even if it's not hard, it's the mentality. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's the biggest thing. Not going in the kitchen at nighttime when your stomach's hurting because you're so hungry and grabbing a handful of chips or something, you right. know? People just don't, they just can't grasp the idea. And then also going into the gym while you're starving and making sure you're still hitting your lifts, man. That's the thing. You got to get stronger and lose 30 pounds. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So at the very yeah. least, maintain your strength. And that's exactly. tough. That's tough, right. man. Yeah. When you're depleted, I mean, I've done bodybuilding, I've done, you know, weight cuts for strongman. That shit is horrible. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, everybody, you know, I, I'm, I like to walk in pretty, like, for the class. I didn't do, I did the water load and that was it. I didn't even sweat for it. And I, I dropped 30 pounds that cut. But I prefer to do that because I don't want to have to bank on losing 10 pounds of sweat because that might not happen. Yeah. Your body stresses out, you get stressed, shit doesn't work right, you have a, something happens. Mm-hmm. I would rather do the diet, do the cardio, not be a fat ass the last three weeks and just, just eat right and walk in and, and if, if anything, sweat three or four pounds, you know? Yeah. I mean, there's guys that, shit, I, I know Jordan Donaldson cut 42 pounds in like 14 days for Nationals here. He won his pro card. But he did it. I mean, that happened, you know? Yeah. And like Andrew Clayton, that motherfucker cut some weight like crazy. But it doesn't matter if they win. I just prefer not to do that. Yeah. There's a little bit more suffering involved when you go that route. Oh yeah, and I already suffer enough. I don't want to deal with that. <laughs> and and I got a pretty brutal job. I, you know, I work outside all day. Uh, I've still got to be able to eat some food and to make my to pay my bills. So I can't go out there and pass out working on a machine in the middle of the pasture. Cause if I can know I'm dead, you know. Yeah. So I've got to make sure I'm getting the water, the calories, and cutting the weight, and making sure I don't die. <laughs> yeah. What uh, you're a diesel mechanic, right? Yep. Yeah. How uh? I work on big construction equipment. Like bulldozers, excavators, big trucks, big loaders, stuff you see on the side of the highway, fixing the roads, stuff like that. Okay. How, uh, I know that's pretty labor intensive. How much do you feel like that affects your training? Uh, it's, I've done it my whole life, so it's not something that's different or weird to me. It, it, I mean, my whole life I've worked that damn hard. So, I mean, it's the way I was raised. So, if you took somebody that used to sit in an office or doing a, a day job inside and put them in that role or that position, it would probably affect them. A yeah. shitload, but it's just something you're used to. It's, it's just natural. Yeah. So there's days it's hot, and there's days you know I might drink four gallons of water, five Gatorades, but it doesn't affect my training. You know, if you want it bad enough, you're gonna do it. Yeah. No, absolutely, I agree with that. You probably wouldn't even know what to do with a whole bunch of time off and rest. <laughs> no, it probably messed me up. <laughs> I mean, there is days you know, like like I said, you'll drink that much water or something. You've got to be smart, like. Hey, man, I work 10 hours today. I'm going to skip the gym. I'm going to go tomorrow. Like, you've got to listen to your body. There's a lot of guys, you know, when I was younger, I'd be like, fuck this. I'm going to the gym. I work 12 hours a day, but i got to get this done. And you go in there and you miss your list or you do half-ass or, you know, you just suffer through it. That hurts you more than taking the day off, resting, and going the next day. 
that just comes with time and experience. Yeah. So how I know. So you say you got your pro card in 17. How long have you actually been competing or training in general? So I started my first competition was in 2013 and it was Jill Mills show. She did in San Antonio. It was Texas strongest man. I competed in the novice class weighed in at like 203 and won the novice class. I competed like three or four years in the open class. That's when like Ryan Barrett was up and coming. So I got my ass handed to me for years. I mean, I didn't make top five for three or four years. And that's usually when a lot of guys give up and say the hell with this, but right. I wanted to keep going and be the best. Are you are you holding the bottom of your phone? Your speaker's kind of muffled. Can you hear it now? Yeah, there you go. Okay. Yeah, but uh, I so I started in about 13, got my pro card at Nationals in Vegas at 17, and then, you know, life happens, you get married, stuff like that. And I didn't compete again to OSG in 19. But I was training for the Arnold after Nationals. I was going to go do the heavyweight Arnold because uh, I, I didn't want to compete middleweight again as a pro. So I was going to train and go heavyweights. I slipped a disc in my back training for that Arnold, and I was out. I couldn't lift for like six months. Oh, wow. So why did you take such a long break? Why didn't you do ASM? Why didn't you come to these shows? I'm like, well, I was hurt for one. Mm-hmm. And then two, I was buying a house and starting a life with my wife and, you know, doing shit that, is life, not hobby. Yeah. And uh, now, unfortunately, you know, I got a good job. You know, I got a four-year-old son now. Things are to where we can afford to go do this stuff. I've got people that are supporting me, you know, sponsors and stuff like that. Yeah. And then with Furman coming along, he's tired of the whole pay-to-play situation. So getting a, a cheaper hotel room or even a night or two paid for and then having the prize money, that, that makes this a lot easier. Yeah. Yeah. You get a lot of people that will hassle you about not competing regularly, but I mean, I feel like people just straight up forget people have lives for one. And this is like you said, it's a fucking hobby. It's a painful hobby that often costs you way more than you'll ever make from it so far. It's, it's on the up and up in the other direction now, but from 2013 to 2019, (laughs) there's nobody making any real money. (laughs) No, and when it costs you $2,000 in hotel and plain food, mm-hmm. to go win $1,000 doesn't make sense. Right. I mean, yeah, it's all about bragging rights at the end of the day, but you can't compete three times a year at $2,000 a trip. I mean, I don't know many people that can, you know, just set $6,000 aside and be like, here, this is just fuck off money. Let's go. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a lot of damn money at the end of the day. Yeah. Plus doctor's bills. I mean, like you said, you slipped a disc, man. You can't. Oh yeah, like, MRIs and massage therapy and the Cairo. I mean, that shit adds up. <laughs> yeah, you you can love this sport all you want. There's still a point where it just doesn't make any goddamn sense. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get that. I'm glad it's on the up and up now. Uh, you know, we got money rolling in a little bit at least. Like I was talking to uh, Furman and Frankie this week, and uh, you could all. I mean, you can make it'd be a, a week living, but you can make a living as a 105 this year if you were clean cleaning house on all the comps. And that's the first yeah. time that that's ever been said. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's incredible. I mean, just, just in the qualifiers, you know, the minimum we have to provide at the qualifiers is $5,250. Yeah. And and we all agreed to that number. We all thought that was something we could come up with. Mm-hmm. And it's that's very doable. Mm-hmm. But that takes a lot of sponsorship money. And then you've got a venue to pay for and stuff like this. So stuff adds up. I mean, that show I ran wasn't, wasn't cheap by any means. But 
it doesn't make sense to come to a qualifier and it costs you two thousand dollars and to win a thousand and to go qualify for a big show that's going to cost you another two thousand to get to. Right. So I'm glad we all decided on some some good prize money. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like that the you know the prize money pool how it is like the three grand and then it's fifteen hundred and then what seven fifty or something like that. Yeah, we just cut it in half. Yeah, that should be. I mean, if you're going to put on promote a show that's plat plus or better, I feel like you should be providing that at a minimum. Yeah, it should be I mean? standard. Yeah, for sure. And, and then as a pro part. level, ten grand should be like the minimum. Right. You know what I mean? So it's it's awesome that it's starting to see that. Yeah. It's just been too long coming. <laughs> yeah, people just don't care. Yeah, there's been so so much talent too. I feel like has like fallen out of the sport because there just wasn't that. Exactly. I mean, people get their pro cards and to only be able to compete at ASM one time a year for fifteen hundred bucks. Why push yourself that hard? Yeah. yeah, why why push yourself to do all that to go win one title per year mm-hmm. to not be able to compete again the entire year? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I mean you could go compete as amateur heavyweight, but even then, there's a lot of damn amateur heavyweights now that are crazy good. Yeah. So back in the day you could show up as a middleweight pro and just clean house as a heavyweight, but that ain't happening anymore. Yeah. I mean, as you can see, like I said, Frank pulled eight hundred for a double. You got amateur heavyweight pulling eight hundred for for five and seven and ten reps now so everybody's getting stronger Mm -hmm. but yeah josh silvis got his pro card last year at nats i don't think he did very well in most of the events like he did well enough obviously to take third and get his pro card but he pulled 880 and ragdolled it off the floor (laughs) that's basically i mean he was an amateur at the time right heavyweight that's that's incredible yeah it's become deadlift man not strong man yeah yeah (laughs) that's very true Deadlift yeah. and max log for sure. Exactly. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's pretty wild though because you look at the numbers of uh, World Strongest Man comps just 15 years ago, and an 880 deadlift would have won at World Strongest Man. Easy. Yeah. Yeah. And a 320 log would have been like top notch. You know what I mean? I know. Now you got under 90 kilo guys hitting a 320 log. Yep. Yeah, it's incredible the uh, the evolution of the sport and just strength, and then like people coming out of the woodwork and competing now. I think a lot of it's social media and the sport growing, thankfully, finally. But yeah, people are getting more aware that there's something to do. Everybody asked about strongman. They said, "I didn't know the little guys did it." And I mean, mm-hmm. they're, they're calling us little guys, but <laughs> they didn't know there was weight classes. Yeah, and I didn't know, you know when I started nine years ago. I had no idea until I came to the gym and they told me about it. Yeah, because you just you just don't know. Yep. All you see is the big guys on TV, and that's all you ever hear about. Yeah. So hopefully this opens people's eyes, and you know, because there's like we talk about CrossFitters, there are tons of CrossFitters mm-hmm. who are just insanely strong, but they don't do very good at CrossFit. So maybe they'll start transferring to strongman, and we'll, and we'll get some of those people. You know. Yeah, that's actually an angle I wasn't really thinking too much about is gathering the, the CrossFitters, but yeah, that's a good call. I mean, there is there is tons of them that I know Absolutely. around here. Yeah. Uh, there's a guy that I've competed with in in the CrossFit comp. We blew everybody out of the water on the weightlifting side of it, but both of our stamina was real weak. But, I mean, you got a guy that weighs 230 pounds as a CrossFitter, deadlifting 650. That's pretty damn impressive. He would be competitive as a middleweight amateur strongman. Yeah. And they they do enough of the events that are they will transfer over as well. I mean, they do yokes. They're just lighter. Yeah. You know, they do sandbags. They do all kinds of stuff. And they're, they're just athletes in general. Yeah. So that'll help. Yeah, yeah. You yeah, start taking a power lift, you're telling them to run with 800 pounds on his back, you know? Yeah, and now they can actually eat a little bit too because a lot of them <laughs> probably are trying to keep their weight down for the endurance level. 
Yep. Yeah. No, I think uh, I think that's a good path to go down to trying to convert a few CrossFitters over. I think something too though that helps CrossFit grow so much is that CrossFitters don't ever fucking stop talking about CrossFit. Oh yeah. How many strongmen do you know that actually genuinely go out and like talk about what they do? Like that's people don't know about it. Yeah, I try not to. If yeah. somebody brings it up, I'll talk about it. Yeah. But it's because you have all the guys that aren't worth a damn or the ones out there talking about it, bragging about how good they are. Yeah. I, I just let them talk. Uh, I've always been told if you're good, people will come to you and talk to you about yourself. You don't have to go out there and talk about your own self. Yeah. Yeah, that's a very, uh, that's a southern thing, I feel like. My dad always said shit like that. Yeah, I agree though. Yeah, I don't. I don't need to go promote myself. If I'm yeah. if I'm good, they'll come to me. Yeah, but we need enough of the like not so good guys to get out there talking about it to get some other people involved though. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean we've tried the social media aspect of it, stuff like that. You, I mean, I post a video and I've got you know, I don't know, five thousand friends on Facebook, not very many, mm-hmm. and you you might only get like a hundred views. Yeah. Or you put it on Instagram where I got fifteen hundred friends. And I get 750 views. Like, it doesn't make sense the way that stuff works. Right. I'm not going to boost my stuff and pay money to get it out there. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, people don't give a shit. Yeah. I think I think that's something, I mean, that's something everybody's working on. Anthony, myself, TJ, everybody that's doing some kind of media angle on this is working on. Um, I think that's something tough with Strongman that CrossFit has very well gone for it. <laughs> is the arena sport aspect where it's like in CrossFit, you have so many people on the field and it's yep. easy to watch and really figure out what's going on. And you can watch somebody beating people or you can watch when somebody overtakes somebody, right? In yep. strongman, typically you have one versus one, maybe one versus, you know, themselves basically. And that's the event. And it's tough to watch that and be engaged the whole time. Well, it's because we don't have 500 athletes that want to do this. Absolutely, yeah. At a big show, you're lucky if you've got 30. Mm-hmm. So you can't run five guys at a time because the show would be over three hours. Very true. Yeah, you're right. So <laughs> that's 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 what's bad. Yeah. At, a, at the CrossFit Games, you literally have 500 athletes competing. So you can run yeah. 15 or 20 people at a time, which makes that very fun to watch, like right. you said. But it ain't going to happen to Strongman. And can you imagine the amount of money we have to spend on equipment to make that happen? Oh, God, yeah. That's the other thing. It's just the money involved, yeah. Yeah. And the setup, the time. And this shit's heavy. Yeah. You're, you're not moving a 100-pound sandbag back. You're moving a 300-pound sandbag back five yeah. times. Yeah. You know? You know, CrossFit does some dumbbell shit, too, but it's like 90-pound dumbbells. We're doing, you know, 180-plus-pound circus dumbbells. Yeah. I know. So you try and get 15 of those out on a field. Yeah, there's no way. No, no, you're right. Yeah, there's there's some logistic issues there, so I'm not sure how to how to combat that. We have to get Rogue and Reebok. Rogue's been stepping up. I mean, they've been getting into it, but we're not quite there. I mean, they're doing the Invitational this year, aside from the uh, Arnold, so we'll see how that pans out, too. Yeah. That might get some viewership. I was looking at, because they're in Austin, and uh, I'm moving to Dallas in three weeks. That'd be cool. So, uh, yeah, we were looking at maybe driving over and checking it out, but tickets are like $200. Damn. Yeah, it's like, well, you're kind of pricing out your market there, I feel like. I'm sure that they'll sell out and there'll be plenty of people there, but I feel like there's uh, tons of fans that are just going to be priced out of watching. Right. You know, it's it's incredible. It's just like what Shaw did with his. I mean, obviously, he made some money, but 200 some odd dollars for tickets makes it pretty tough for your standard fan. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah. And then, you know, 
blacking out your live stream so you know only <laughs> people can watch and whatever. I think Anthony's on the right path. Uh, you know the cheaper live stream and making it available. Yeah. Um, we just gotta get people to watch it now. That's the tough part, man. I don't. I don't know what we need to do. And, you know, it we're seems all, like if you charge two hundred dollars to watch it, people will fucking pay for it. But if it's free, they won't watch it. It's it weird how that works, man. People want that exclusivity, I guess. I guess. I just, I don't, I feel like the people though, a lot of the people that you can get to watch stuff like that for that price aren't necessarily going to actually show out and support the sport, right? They're people that happen to have that money and it's kind of throwaway money for them. Exactly. You know what I mean? They're not people that are actually giving back and like being involved. So how do you get the people that actually are into the sport to be involved in the sport? But at the end of the day... Money's money. True. Very true. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's a tough situation Strongman's in, but I think it's on the right path. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think everybody, Anthony, uh, you know, Strongman Corp, I'm glad they stepped it up this year with ASM because I was worried they weren't going to. <laughs> they didn't have a choice. Yeah. they. I mean, they had to because nobody was going to go, right? We, we were all on the, the no side for a while. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I heard. And then OSG is stepping it up a little bit. Yes, thanks to, to Anthony on the 105 side. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So. Yeah, I, uh, I don't know, man. We'll see. I'm hoping it keeps in the trajectory it's on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What do you uh, What do you got planned in the next couple of years as far as comps and stuff? I know you got Clash and whatnot. Do you have, like, a goal on where you want to be or? Oh, I'd love to win the Clash. That's my goal. Yeah. Win that sucker next year, then hopefully the body stays healthy and continue to compete, but. These weight cuts get harder and harder every time. How old are you do again? For everybody. 29. Okay. We're the same age. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, so I still got a while. Uh, but it just all comes down to, to staying healthy. Yeah. But we'll see how that goes. Yeah, I mean, you pushed Canby pretty hard last year. I think he was, like, going into it, he was by far the crowd favorite for most people. Oh, yeah. And uh, I don't think anybody quite saw you giving him the run for his money that you gave him. Same with Richie. Richie fucking showed out. Yeah. Uh, they, did, they didn't announce it, but, you know, me and Richie were both in the same heat. And we both podiumed. Oh, okay, yeah. And we're both from Texas. That's a big deal. That's a huge deal. Yeah. We were the only ones from the same state that made the finals. Yeah, that's incredible. And they were in the same heat. That's big. Yeah. So you got two guys made it to the finals from the same heat. That's, that's impressive. And... You know, we both had decent days, but come final days, you just flip that switch and go. And that's what we're all about down here. I, I wish he was healthy to come to ASM, but he just had the knee surgery. Yeah. Otherwise, we'd be taking top two places and can be being third. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a, a brutal ASM showdown between you and Canby. I, I mean, there's the amateurs got, you know, with the heavy deadlift in there, they got that to make up some points between Frankie and Tyler for sure. Because, I mean, you and Camby, notoriously, your uh, deadlifts are on the weaker end. Right. Compared to them, I guess. But uh, See I, how fast they move. There you go. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's where you make up some time there, for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah we can both move pretty well. Yeah. And then the Husafeld all comes down to who can take the most pain. <sighs> Man, they just keep throwing that at people. Between Nats and ASM last year. Uh, it's because it's so easy to set up and reset. Yeah. Uh, but it does suck having two events the exact same and same weights as last year's show. Like, that's not fun. Yeah, what's your who's? 325 or something? 350. 350, Jesus. 
but I mean, you've got 500 strongman events to pick from, and to only have six events and to pick two of them the exact same as last year, like, come on. Now, luckily, I'm good at both of them, Mm -hmm. so it helps me, but it just makes it boring. Yeah, I think that's something, too, that uh, Anthony did really well with Clash. Uh, More specifically, actual Clash and not the qualifier was the new events. Not new, but the cool-looking events. Yeah, Yeah. you know what I mean? It was something to watch, whereas, like you said, Strongman Corp kind of regurgitates the same shit every year, it seems like. Well, I get it. Promoting a big show... You don't want to have much set up. You want to be able to use, you take a yoke, you want to be able to use a yoke for the yoke. Uh, maybe use it to load a stone over. You want to take as little equipment as possible to use for the most amount of stuff. Yeah. Because think about having to set up five lanes worth of equipment. You don't want to drag 20 different implements per lane down there. Yeah. That's a lot of damn hauling and a lot of equipment to buy. Yeah. I get that for Nats or something where you got 200 plus people, but for ASM where there's. This is a pro show. Yeah. Come on now. <laughs> You gotta yeah. show out a little bit. We exactly. get we get that rogue gives you some logs and the yokes and everything, but you gotta use yeah. some other stuff. Yeah. Like build some shit just for this. Oh yeah. Like those farmers handles I made. Those, those were built for this show. Those were the dopest farmers I've ever seen. Those are awesome. That's what everybody said, and yeah. I'm glad because I spent a shitload of money on it. And I yeah. me and another guy, uh Sean Fennell, we we went and we built them on a Saturday. I mean, I actually cut welded, we did all that shit. Me and Sean did. Yeah, and that's that. That's what's cool. That's what makes you feel you know appreciated. People are like, damn, your stuff was kick ass. I didn't buy that shit from Rogue. I fucking built it, you know. Yeah. So that's what makes this fun. Yeah, and that's I mean, on my end for camera work and everything, the visual of those was. I appreciate shit like that, man. That little extra <laughs> touch where it's not just the same old shit that you see at every other comp. Oh yeah, yeah, no, that was awesome. Yeah, I wanted, so you know, we had the idea of the qualifier. Waco was first. Uh, everything is bigger and better in Texas to begin with, but being the first show, we set the fucking stage for this. If this show started off shitty, it sets a bad bad tone for the rest of them. I oh, yeah. didn't want to do that. Yeah. And it's got my name all over it. I'm not going to put my name out there if it ain't right. So we would just went balls to the walls, and I mean, you saw what happened. Yeah. No, I mean, it went off without a hitch, like I said. It's, uh, you definitely set the bar pretty high for everybody else, too. I know Tyler was there, and he's running Nashville, and he was like, fuck, I haven't even, like, reached out to any sponsors yet. Yeah, uh, that's something I don't sleep on, you know. It's yeah. very hard to get sponsors. Mm-hmm. It took three, four, five, six weeks to get a yes out of people, and you're you're calling them, you know, three or four days apart right. for six weeks. You got to bug people about this stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not easy. So... As soon as I found out, we hit the ground running. Like, there was no downtime on this because I'm not about to put money out of my damn pocket to pay y'all. Like, it ain't going to happen. So, I'm telling you, it's a lot of damn work. Oh, yeah. I- I've ran amateur comps. I've come up with $1,000. I mean, we're-, we're talking a lot more money than that. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. So, yeah, you. Uh, I don't know how much involved you were with the Ronnie Expo or Ronnie comp last year. When, yeah, me and uh, Jake did it. Yeah, yeah, me, Dan, and Justin all competed there. Yeah. And that was that was a hell of a show. It, was, it went off, I mean, for being rescheduled three, four times, which wasn't your guys' fault, it went off. Yeah, pretty, that, that sucked. It, it went off me. pretty damn well. Yeah, me and Jake did all that. Yeah. And that was in a tiny-ass gym in the middle mm-hmm. of fucking nowhere. Oh, yeah. 
And it was still a good copy. It was hot as shit. Yeah, it was. <laughs> but the fact that we still had it was impressive. Yeah. Because everybody just canceled it and said, I'm fucking done. I don't want to even try. And y'all, as y'all can see, we tried three or four times and it had to be rescheduled. But we didn't give up on you. Yeah. yeah Especially if you're on a qualifier. We were stoked that you didn't lose that and that Cerberus still paid out the flight fees because uh, Justin won and he needed those. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm telling you, when me and Jake put a show on, we, we try to put a damn show on, yeah. and we, we just can't get people to come. Yeah. So. Yeah, I know a lot of people dropped out of that one last year, unfortunately, because it was, it was a relatively small one. But I think uh, I think some talent still showed up. It was a lot of fun. Oh, it was a hell of a show. Yeah. Darren and Justin, they battled it out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was a yeah, blast to watch. Yeah. Yeah, there was a couple of big boys in that heavyweight class, too, man. I, uh, I didn't want to cut weight, so I went heavyweight, <laughs> and it was brutal. <laughs> Yeah, we had one guy from like California or something. That guy that tore his calf. Yep, yeah. Uh, Mike Salt, Salt, yeah. Saltier, Salty, something like that. Yeah, yeah. He's a good dude. Yeah. I've talked to him a few times since then. His calf's all healed up. He actually tore his <laughs> bicep, the muscle belly though, not the tendon, at nationals doing the oak. Yeah. Right, right after that. Golly. Yeah, tough break, man. But uh, yeah, that was a hell of a comp, man. I had a lot of fun there. It was hot though. I'm like I said. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm from Alaska, so that Texas heat was brutal. It's gonna be the same way at ASM, and I'm 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 happy because, like I said, I'm working it all day. I'm used to it. Yeah, it's not gonna affect me, but it's gonna get some of them other guys. Yeah, it's gonna be a a shock to my system when I move there next month. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you'll like it though. You'll stay a little bit leaner. Yeah, well, I need that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. All right, man. It's been about an hour. I'm not gonna take any more of your time. I appreciate you taking the time to talk. Yes, sir. And uh, I'll reach out again after uh, this comp, and we can talk about what you got going on, how you did, and any injuries you said you wanted to talk about. Hell yeah. All right, buddy. You have a good night. Enjoy uh, hanging out with your kiddo. Oh, yeah. Take it easy. All right, guys. That was pro strongman Tommy Sharp. Don't forget to subscribe to ADL Live's uh, stream for America's Strongest Man so you can catch up on how he does along with Camby, Tyler, Frank, and anybody else that's competing. Um, yeah, uh, don't forget to subscribe and uh, leave a review if you don't mind. I'd really appreciate it. It does wonders for that ridiculous algorithm we all are uh, chained to and subject to. All right, till next time, stay thick, strong, and awkward.